So first thing this morning, it looked like we were headed for a record. The market was teeing itself up nicely. It was limbering up and flexing up and doing its stretches. Uh, by lunchtime, it was deep in the red and then pulled back into black. And by the close, we floundered to a softer close, uh, about a, oof, a third of a percent lower than we were on Friday. Of course, Thursday was a record-breaking day. Merrill Peck, portfolio manager at the Old Mutual Investment Group, on the line to us from Cape Town this evening. And it is a market that you feel wants to go higher, Merrill, but will look for any excuse not to do so. Um, yes, good evening, Bruce, and good evening to your listeners. Um, quite a flat day at the end, as you pointed out, with um, the precious metals, particularly the gold sector, um, being the worst performing on the day, nearly 1.5% um, down. I think um, we've got to look for specific stock stories and um, zoom in, I suppose, versus the overall um, um, index performance. Of course, last week we saw lots of things in roundabouts with NASPERS, which would have um, pulled the index and the SWIX um, down as a whole. But there are still some very strong performance. For example, today, MTN, um, well, several of the subsidiaries have put out trading updates, Ghana, as well as Nigeria, with great revenue growth, not necessarily supported by new subscribers, but nevertheless, growing um, revenue to existing subscribers, even in the head of some, even in the face of some regulatory um, headwinds. And um, today, the mother company the, the, at the group level put out um, a trading update where actually it's a headline loss, but the share is up um, 5%. And some of the details there are around um, impairments um, that were taken on, on Middle Eastern divisions, for example. But all this is showing is they are simplifying their business. They are getting better at capital allocation, and they're focusing on fewer divisions that are really gaining traction and gaining market share. You know, you were talking about the fuel um price increases as a result of partially a stronger oil price. MTN is a share that actually starts to benefit from a stronger oil price because of some of its jurisdictions in the rest of Africa. So there are, you know, the shares up 6% today. There are um, winners, but it's the kind of market where it's not a rising tide. You've got to pick, you've got to pick quite carefully. And it is so interesting to see. I mean, MTN is up something like 75, maybe even 80% over the last 12 months or so. At one time, I yeah. think it was bigger than Vodacom. Then Vodacom was the yeah. was, was the star performer. But MTN is rapidly closing that gap. That is true. And I think what it's got going for it. So Vodacom is mature um, and it's a great dividend payer. It's very stable. Um, and it's arguably been the better operator. But everything is about, our perspective is about theme and price. So are there good themes, good tailwinds, are um, conditions improving for the company, which is positive theme, and how much of that theme is in the price? So I think with um, Vodacom, it's a very well-run company and arguably a better quality company than um, MTN, but there's nothing improving on the horizon, whereas paradoxically, at some point, things were so bad for MTN that being that bad can actually be good because it gives you room to improve, you know. So MTN has had better tailwinds, better improving themes, which hasn't been in the price. And um, as that roadmap is starting to play out, 
you know, um, and each reporting season shows they are uncomplicating their business. They are selling stakes in, um, in 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 divisions that have had poor returns, and um, that is providing a catalyst for for the price to actually um, unlock. So sometimes it helps to be so bad that you have room to improve, <laughs> and the market can respond. <laughs> You can't go any lower. You have to recover at some point. How worried are you uh, with the data that we're seeing, the purchasing managers index, the the fuel price rising, and a whole bunch of other sort of negatives that are coming to the fore, partly as a result of the riots, partly as a result of the fact that the economy wasn't that healthy to start off with? Yes. I mean, I think to counter some of that, we do still have strong um, commodity prices, both agricultural and uh, mining commodities. So, you know, exports and the terms of trade um, are still positive, still outweighing um, the, the, well, we don't import that much oil. So the, the fuel price is a, is a different, separate issue and a, and a tax issue. So I think that is going to, um, the, the fuel price in particular is going to, put a bit of a dampener on um, consumer wallets going forward. So that is concerning. But if you look at 2020, the base is actually so, so low in terms of consumer expenditure um, and in terms of maybe people didn't lose jobs entirely, but let's say people were taking a, a, a salary haircut for the year. Some of that is in the 2020 base, and it's in the short term. That will give a bit of a buffer to some of this. You know, the vaccination rollout is going to mean that people who did not lose their jobs but took some salary cuts are going to go back to full employment and full salary. But the longer-term structural um, picture, um, beyond strong resources prices, currently that's bailing us out a bit. I think the longer-term structural issues are still a concern. My take on the riots, I mean, it's, it's been... A big blow, particularly in those regions. There are some, TFG put out a trading update today, and they said that actually some of the stores that were closed and rioted and looted have still not reopened, and they actually don't know when those stores are going to be completely reopened. They, they, they can't quantify yet the full extent of the sales lost. Um, however, if you take a longer term lens on this, maybe I'll just have a more optimistic disposition. Is this going to be, in hindsight, a, a catalyst for stronger political push and reform? Or is it actually a result of, um, is, it a, is, it a, is it, I'm not a political analyst, but is it a blowback against the clampdown on corruption? You know, if there were not some inroads being made um, and some, um, some rattling of cages happening, would we even have seen such a response? Now, I know there's a lot of theories about why we saw what we saw, but that's, that's one angle to take, that actually um, this is pushback because things are moving in the right direction in terms of corruption, cleanup, governance, and, sure. and reform. No, I mean, that's certainly, um, that's certainly a valuable... Short-term negatives, long-term positive, maybe. Yeah, as um, long as the state yeah. can become a little bit more functional and in resolving, you know, flare-ups when they happen um, and, and yes. continue on the rebuild path, then we'll, it'll be fine. And it, it, Beck, you know, it seems to be triggering a shake-up of police and, and, and all of that. So maybe there will be positives that come out of a very negative situation. No, absolutely. As I, as I said to, uh, to Bongani Bengwa on 702 Breakfast a couple of weeks ago, I said this is Cyril Ramaphosa's crisis to waste. Um, and he's taking, he, exactly. likes to take, he likes to take his time.
unfortunately. <laughs> Thank you, Meryl Pick, Portfolio Manager at the Old Mutual Investment Group.